What's going on, y'all? Simbali, the North Star Podcast. Like I told you, I bring you the best content on YouTube currently, right? In these YouTube streets, you got a lot of old niggas that have been selling hair on for a lot of years. And you got the new niggas who are selling crack. We ain't necessarily built up the clientele, but we got that shit. That's me, Simbali. Welcome to the North Star Podcast. Sitting down with my close friend, Austin McGregor. How's you know it going? How's we going? here. You know what I mean? Um, thank you for being on the show, bro. Glad to be here. Yeah, be thank here. you. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to just see you out here. And like um, last time we seen each other, well, you came to Minnesota and we seen each other when you stopped in Minnesota. But um, your wedding is when we kind of reconnected since you've been out here. Mm-hmm. That was a good time. That was a good time, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Um, lovely wife. Lovely, lovely wife. Thank you. You don't deserve her. You just scum. You don't deserve her. You fucking. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I'm happy for you. Yeah. Very happy. Um, um, and what one of the things that I want to talk to you about was how the transition happened. For, what? How did you get from us hanging out in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, all day, to being an actual California? resident and you know your actual californian right now so how did this happen okay so uh the biggest draw was the cannabis industry um i've been involved uh, started out obviously in the black market in midwest and um we kind of uh became what i was known for um then I started growing a little bit. Little so you mean selling operation. drugs like the rest of all the rest of us? Selling, selling drugs like everybody else. Yeah, I got yeah. zips. I got quarters. Yeah, let's go. They go. I was on. the weed guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When, got when, you. You, when you still had finger scales and triple beams, you know. Right. An official war on drug veteran. Let's go. Right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> came out to Humboldt, uh, saw some grow operations, expanded my mind, and, and it was something I just had to do. So the very first place I moved to was... Um, was Humboldt. I actually moved up north before I moved uh, to Southern California. One of the biggest things I noticed was how people were kind of doing it in an industrial setting. And that was something that really interested me and became something that I might want to do on my free time. Um, I lived up there for about three years on and off and then started kind of coming down to Southern California for business and um, me and my wife ended up moving in together in Huntington Beach mm-hmm. and uh, just started to become more of a hassle to go up north and down south on Q400 little prop jets. So Humboldt SFO. is, where is Humboldt? Humboldt is 11-hour drive from this location. Okay. So And that's the, that's the short end of the drive. It's, it's more like 13 hours. So okay. it's, it's, and the only way to get up there is to take a jet to San Francisco, and then you take a little prop jet into this kind of foggy mountain area and you're not ever really guaranteed that the jet's going to be able to land sometimes it's too foggy and they have to land about a three-hour drive from there in the redding area in mount shasta it's kind of a treacherous area to get in and out of um uh, hence you know the super secluded grow population Um, Ah. i've met people up there that have never even visited the bay area and they only live five hours away Wow. You know, talk about isolation. People that live completely off the grid up there, um, you know, have spent their entire lives, you know, drinking out of streams and running off generators and growing marijuana. Wow. So it's a completely different culture. Now, where is that? This is the Emerald Triangle. The so Emerald Triangle. Yeah, you have okay. um, Humboldt County. Humboldt County, which Men- is known for mar- marijuana. Absolutely. Okay. Then Mendocino County, which is another one that's known um, for growing marijuana. You have strains like the Mendo Perps. Um, okay. 
and then Shasta County, which is the inland part of the triangle. So you have the southern tip is Mendocino, the northern tip is Humboldt County, and the eastern side of the triangle is Shasta County, and that makes okay. up the Emerald Triangle. That's the Emerald yeah. Triangle. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. So then, so now from you coming from, was there kind of a culture shock being a Minnesota kid and coming out to California? Hit, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing was that it was the very beginning of the Obama administration. And a lot of people in Humboldt County believed that when Obama got into office in 2008, that immediately everything was going to be legalized. And actually, quite the opposite happened. Niggas gonna community. do it. He's gonna legalize it. We've been waiting. We've seen him smoking in Chicago. So right. you know, he did. He did give people that were you know on strict and stringent license um, applications and processes, um, you know, a little more open reign. But as far as cracking down on any small black market or any small legal operations, it became extremely hectic in that area, and uh, Fed involvement and local um, state police involvement skyrocketed the second he was uh, elected and that was right when I moved there so it was a very chaotic place to live and considering that the economy was largely funded on a uh, redwood mill industry so it's our uh, it's um, the largest redwood area in in the nation there's 10,000 square acres which is the size of Minnesota or something like that of just redwoods when it became illegal to mill the redwoods, the economy slumped and the entire population of the area turned to the cannabis industry, but um, about 90% of it was black market. So currently, I think all of Humboldt County, Mendocino and Shasta, I th mostly Humboldt, but I think over 85% of their economy is actually marijuana industry. So wow. instead of seeing flatbeds, you know, trucks with flatbeds that have building materials for new buildings, uh -huh. you have flatbeds with, with grow materials. Grow material. And they're, wow. you know, they're growing into the woods. And then you see dilapidated buildings that still have lead paint in the actual cities uh -huh. and, you know, high drug, um, drug addiction problem, high homeless problem. Um, you can see that really the background is where the economy is stable and in the forefront it is not. You know, uh, it's completely different culture, complete, complete culture shock. Yes, absolutely. Right. You know, wow. Mm -hmm. So now when you came to California, was that always kind of in the back of your mind that you wanted to basically start what you have right now? Is that was that kind of your purpose for coming to California or did you just kind of want to change from Minnesota, just kind of? get away from Minnesota or was coming, coming to California, did you kind of have a little foresight? Like I kind of see that things might open up there. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. so, so my first operation in Humboldt was a 22 lighter. Um, and I think we, we profited somewhere around $90,000. That was in a, a lot of money for three months of work. Um, and something that I invested roughly $15,000 in, um, so my first operation was a success. That was very enticing. Uh, that was kind of what I wanted to do. Not really sure of how I wanted to do it, mm -hmm. but I knew that there was money to be made, a, a significant amount um, in a short amount of time, more than I was used to making. I, you know, we grew up in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That kind of money was unheard of you right. know, to, to, um, to make. And um, the fact that I made it in such a turmoiled environment and kind of the heart of it gave me more of a boost uh, I would say, um, and more confidence to kind of go into, 
you know, the larger aspects of the industry. But as far as ending up in a warehouse mm -hmm. in Southern California near Disneyland, growing, <laughs> you know, a thousands of you didn't plants. See no. You didn't see that shit, did you? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I God damn. Like I said, we grew up yeah. right across the street. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. That was a it's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so um, so what, are, what are some of the still, as far as legislation with cannabis? I understand that it's still everywhere not federally accepted. It's state. Okay, um, so right now, um, currently, there's over 35 states that in some form or fashion support the marijuana industry. Um, 17 were just um, pushed over the line. Um, you have states like Oklahoma, um, Nevada, um, you know, um, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Idaho. I mean, the, the state lists are lining up New York to some extent. Vegas, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, you know... The Eastern, kind of the Eastern movement was a little halted until as of recent, and now we have more of the Eastern states, and, and a lot of the Southern states are jumping on board, which is um, really pushing the movement. Uh, also, we have Chuck Schumer and Kamala um, um, in office, and they are for legislation of marijuana. So two of the things that they're trying to get um, pushed right away is the Safe Harbor Act, which Kamala will, Harris is pro marijuana. Come out, yeah. Kamala Harris is okay. pro marijuana. She wasn't for a long time, but she's yeah. actually, she's actually the um, um, Senate uh, leader uh, when it comes. It's Chuck Schumer right now who's Senate leader. Okay? Chuck Schumer. Yeah. But Chuck Schumer and Kamala Harris are actually in charge of the bill, uh, the More Act and the Safe Harbor Act. Okay. So they're the ones trying to get it pushed through Senate. And what is the Safe Harbor Act? So the Safe Harbor Act allows um, federal banking institutions to do bank to do um, um, business with. Um, the marijuana industry, because right is, now, which is why they're not, is because the federal's because the feds, the feds can come. We can't give you guys right. business until these guys say exactly. Okay. You can't leave our money with us because if you do, the feds can come in and take it. Right, and we are federally federally insured. There is a conflict of interest here. Right, so the Safe Harbor Act is a big one. If that is to pass, even without the legalization, the federal legalization of marijuana and the descheduling of marijuana. So time out, huge. time out, Austin. Safe Harbor Act. Safe Harbor Act. If everybody out there watching North Star Podcast, I know some people, this might go over your head, but Safe Harbor Act. The word of the day is Safe Harbor Act. Safe Harbor Act. Safe Harbor Act. <laughs> okay. Also, we have the MORE Act. So the MORE Act is important uh, because it, what it does is it takes a lot of the, um, the, the criminalization of marijuana and the sentencings uh, that have taken place, uh, you know, life sentences, 15, 20, 30 years for, you know, possession of marijuana what the more act does is it it deschedules it and actually and, and works retroactively for people who are um convicted for marijuana related um um crimes crimes okay so it's going back to get the people that were charged and sentenced and have problems in the judicial system because of past right. marijuana the things we, we were doing mm -hmm. before everything got yes. so gravy. Okay. Without the MORE Act, a lot of this is taking place now. So a lot of uh, marijuana charges are being expunged in the state of California mm -hmm. is one of the states that's leading the way in this. Um, but the biggest thing that comes out of the MORE Act is the de-scheduling of marijuana as a Schedule One narcotic. Right. Uh, okay. That is the biggest problem for the industry as far as um, you know the legal attributes are concerned. It, Isn't one the lowest possible thing that a drug can be so one is the highest possible oh one is the highest yes yeah, so, so weed is in there with cocaine weed is in there with heroin 
uh, and methamphetamines. Cocaine is actually, I think, is lower. So I think cocaine. Shit. I'm not positive. But yeah, we're we're talking the worst of the worst. We got what, work to do, people. Is what marijuana right, is scheduled. So the Safe Harbor Act and the More Act. The more Act. Those two yes. things. Yes. All right. Look at that. Now, are these things that you've just gotten interested in currently, or is this something? Have you been following legislation as you've been growing for the last? couple years you've kind of been keeping a tab on where legislation as far as cannabis and marijuana is going yes. or is that just something currently now that you've got this operation that you're really starting to immerse yourself in the education because you know this is what you do okay so yes there's uh to answer that question there's there's two parts to answer that one is because i'm invested in this industry personally it's mm -hmm. my occupation so i would love to know where it's going um so i know where my resume and my career are headed um, two, it's also because politics tends to sway the stock market and there is a large cannabis ETF, which is a, um, it's a category of stocks uh, that are Canadian and some American that have gone through the, the vetting process and the legal process, but most of them are Canadian. And um, the news in our politics directly affects the stock market. So um, like when the Georgia runoff went blue recently, that was a huge jump for the cannabis ETF. Right. Okay. Um, when Biden was elected, that was a huge jump for the cannabis ETF. Okay. Um, so there's two reasons that I'm- Trump wasn't to, gonna legalize weed? Trump Trump was for it, but then it just kind of lay dead in the Senate, which is okay. what tends so to So he happen. was gonna be like, all right, all right, I'm not really trying to really, okay. Right, gotcha. which is kind of what Chuck Schumer is going through right now, because Chuck Schumer has promised um, the acceleration of legislation over the next few months. So we're talking very short, um, periods of time and right now actually biden is working on um reforming the filibuster so there's going to be no chance that these guys can filibuster us anymore for anybody out there that doesn't know passed. what a filibuster is what is the filibuster is that when people just talk 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 so no laws get passed is that what a filibuster is exactly well the filibuster is a 50 50 uh it's you know it used to be a two-thirds vote was needed uh, through the through the Senate to the get a, to get a bill passed. Right. Then it went. They realized that basically all you had to do was lobby a third of of the House to filibuster to keep it to to keep bills from passing and to, to lay dead in Senate. Uh huh. So they reformed it to a three fifths policy. Still, the right. House found a way to to filibuster and keep things from being passed on the Republican side mostly. Mm -hmm. And now it's at a 50 50 and yet still they have found a way <laughs> He's to filibuster. So it, you know, it's definitely time for reform of the filibuster and reform of marijuana laws, right. as, you know, as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Now being in the men, being in the, sorry, the men, it's starting to kick in fellas. What is, what is this that we're smoking on right here, by the way? Uh, this is, it tastes what like, what you gave me last night. It's like some blueberries. Is that blueberry? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> God damn. Um, do you see enough African Americans in the industry as far as owners? Is that something as you're moving around? Do you see brothers? Like I said, you let's just for the record, you went to Sanford with me. We went mm -hmm. to Sanford. So you know what Sanford looked like. It was highly all uh, brothers. He was the only white guy there. <laughs> One of them. Yeah. One of the only white guys in Sanford. Now, knowing how on the flip side, it was a lot of brothers who dealt in marijuana being on the other side now. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm on the side where I'm talking to these dispensary owners. I'm on this, the other side of it. Um, do you see as much African-Americans? Or you do you know, see that's, is, a, that's still a, a sector that, damn, I don't see the brothers in the sector like I did when I was, you know what I mean? When I was in there. Hey, so that is a very interesting question, and I do have an answer for you. And it, it's, it's actually 
um, I feel kind of proud that I do have an answer for that. Um, no, there is not enough involvement in black owned um, cannabis dispensaries, delivery companies and grills. Mm. And this is an issue. Um, one of the bigger issues when I, I still own a delivery company called Lickety Spliff and our main um, delivery clientele was Southern Long Beach and North Orange County. Okay. Now, one thing you know when you're dividing up your delivery routes is that if you're working a a melting pot crew, which means a mixed race crew, mm -hmm. um, you want to stay out of the um, kind of the racially zoned areas. So I'm not going to go and deliver, um, you know, I'm not going to make most of my business in um, Santa Ana, for example, or most of my business in Compton, in Compton right. or most of my business Watts. in East Long Beach right. or Watts or Inglewood or these are black communities. These are designated as black communities for a reason. Mm -hmm. it, it's same thing with Little Saigon, Little Tokyo, uh, Filipino town. You know, this, these are safe harbors for people that want to move into their culturally diverse neighborhoods. Oh, my God. And the, the thing about that is you have to respect that. Now, if I'm working in Long Beach, this is obviously a melting pot city. So if I, I'm going to deliver in areas that are, you know, similar to like uptown in Minneapolis or, gotcha. yeah. you know, just kind of the melting pot area of the city, the downtown area. Yeah. But as far as, you know, East Long Beach and Compton and Inglewood. Um, one of the big problems there was the only communities coming in there were, you know, Asian delivery companies and, you know, um, Middle Eastern. This was causing real turmoil mm -hmm. because the dispensaries and delivery services were not black owned and they were going into Compton and Long Beach. They were white owned, they were Asian owned, or they were Latino or Latin owned. And right. um, that has changed. So over the past few years, there has been an actual. Um, um, big involvement from the black community in Compton and um, retaking their business fronts and making beautiful. them black owned. Beautiful. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I was working with a company. Can we hit the applause right here? I don't have my thing, but I got the fake machine. Luckily, we got Luther on the board. <laughs> Luther magician, Lee. You know, I know Luther is running shit like the motherfucker. We hit the applause. That is so beautiful. Cause as I'm hearing you talk about that, I'm wondering if like, if anybody's going to get in there and do it, but it's good to see that it's starting to happen. Black people are starting to get involved and saying, hey, let's take our communities and let's get involved in this ever-growing game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, having a, is it, what are, what are the pressures like? Is it stressful? I mean, you see, you got a lot of shit going on out there, Austin. You got a lot of things that you're doing. I mean, even when I'm here, you're running 50 million different places. Mm. Is, it a, is it a stressful and does the business kind of take away from, cause you know, this is a cool, you know, this is cool. This is something that eases stress. Mm -hmm. So do you find that the fast paced business of it all, does, does it merge good with what you like about weed? I like the chillness about the weed, yeah. but now that I'm having employees and I'm having mm -hmm. responsibilities and I'm having all these things, does it at all take the fun away from it or is it still fun shit? So, um, Sometimes I like to get stoned before I run the house, and sometimes it's a little overwhelming. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, that's a good answer for that is, um, yeah, there's a thin line to walk, you know, um, between recreational, medicinal, industrial. Um, one of the things that I really like about this industry is when I was running my delivery company, um, one thing I noticed is that 50% of our deliveries were true recreational. You know, it was people, they were just, buying marijuana to you know get high get high yeah. the, you know, the end of the day high whatever Chill. high just whatever high yeah. you know then 50 percent of the community was buying it because they were cancer patients i mean we had patients that were on their deathbed 
that we brought tinctures to because they were unable to swallow pills. Um, there was there was a definite necessity in the medical community, and for that reason, um, the sense of um, professionalism and um, a sense of excellence, or trying to find a um, you know a way to run this industry to um, you know a professional standard for the um, for the sake of your was the people for right. sure. Right. You know, this is not just a bunch of stoners. Right. You know. And on, on the flip side of that, people working in the industry also need to realize that there is, you know, extremely hard work. This is farming. A lot of people, you know, they think cannabis and forget the fact that it's legitimate farming, you know, and I've never met a farmer that doesn't work his ass off. You know, mm. if, you, if you ever sit down with some farmers and you make the mistake of asking any of them if they work hard, you're going to get a quick and sweet answer. <laughs> but, you know, the answer Fuck is yeah. Yes. yeah, the answer is <laughs> Shit yeah. We put in extra hours, you know, we, we don't stop till the work is done. And our main goal is, um, you know, pride in our work, you know, um, what the product ends up looking like, you know, if the investors are happy at the end of the day, if the customers are happy at the end of the day, mm -hmm. and are we providing to the right market, you know, and um, from there, I think it's really just kind of getting into community involvement. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what I would like to hope to do next is, right. is to become more community involved once we're, you know, seriously in the green and able to do that. Right. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Because that has that does have a lot to do with I even think the legislation of it, you know, is that that stereotype or that kind of cloak of stoners. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How how business and how can we have this really be something that works guaranteed for the customers if we got a bunch of stoners behind it, you know, running it. And so for them to see people like you and to see other people, like I say, that are taking over this industry, and a lot of them are young. These are, these are the young guys. These are the hip-hop generation mm -hmm. that is taking this new cannabis culture and bringing it to the forefront. So I'm proud of you, man. I'm Thank very you. proud of what you've done. That. Yeah, and, I, and I'm very glad that you keep giving yeah. me, you know what I mean, to go yeah. home go home with every day. Um, if I could, I'd like to say likewise with the podcast, man. This is impressive stuff, and I'm just happy to be on this, doing this interview with you, bro. Yeah, it's, thank it's you. It's really cool, and I'm a big fan. See, yeah. see, I'm, 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 I'm a bad motherfucker, y'all. I'm a bad <laughs> motherfucker, I told you. Um, one of the questions that I did want to ask you is, when do you remember first, when did you first smoke weed? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I actually do remember the first time that I really felt high from marijuana. And I, I think I was 15 years old, maybe 14. And I was in a tent. It wasn't with me, was it? I don't know. I'm okay. not just sure. making sure. But, yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead. So I was in a tent and uh, it could have been. <laughs> but I remember, so, you know, everything's in the ether when you've been smoking for 25 years. Too, facts, so. facts. Um, but the one I really remember, the first one I really remember where I was like, wow, I'm, I'm definitely stoned and this is something I could, I could get used to, mm -hmm. uh, was I was in a tent in front of my house. I was camping in my front yard and I had some friends from the Riverside neighborhood down and we were all in a tent. We, we uh, scored some pot. Mm -hmm. from a friend of mine's mom out of his out of her jar <laughs> and i think at that time the best marijuana was riddled with seeds and yeah. there was more sticks than green and uh -huh. I, th I think everybody was still talking about the four finger lid yeah you know? yeah, goddamn you date you date yourself now <laughs> playing four finger lid right. from jamaican sam right. <laughs> yeah, and um i just remember running around outside and and uh 
just feeling like this is it, man. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in love. Right. You know, this is a relationship I'm not going to be out of very soon. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't ever see yourself. 25 years later, we're still <laughs> strong. Yeah. <laughs> now you got kids, um, Austin. Um, yes. um, how do you, now this is a business, like I said, and I've known you not to really be a person to hide what you do in anything. You know, mm -hmm. you're not you're not a good hider. You're in the open. Mm -hmm. So you having kids, you having a wife. Is this something that you try to shelter away from your kids, or is this something that you're really trying to break down the stereotypes everywhere that you go? Where look, this is a business for mm -hmm. dad. You know what I'm saying? Where mm -hmm. we live, it's legal. You know what I'm saying? And this mm -hmm. is a way that we develop income. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you deal with it having kids? So I was torn at first on that subject, and that's a good question. Um, it. Uh, you know, and it, and it's mine isn't maybe the most popular point of view, mm -hmm. but it's you know it's one from definitely inside the industry and somebody that's thought about what you're saying to you know an extent. And um, one thing I can say is, yeah, I don't want my kids going to their Montessori and going, uh, "Daddy had me rolling joints all night." You know, it was super fun. You mm -hmm. know, but um, if you know if my daughter wants to come out and you know i'm watering plants and this is my garden you know this is something that i believe should be accepted should be descheduled and um should be legal and is easily as accessible as cigarettes and alcohol are all over this planet um, i'm going to let them water the plants with me i'm going to let them stir the nutrients i'm gonna let them pick up plants and move them around that's what the kids want to do and I don't see any harm in the actual farming aspects of it. And yes, it is a different culture here. So it is a little more accepted mm -hmm. for that behavior to take place. Um, as far as the recreational aspects of the industry, I do want to keep that separate and hidden. You okay. know, um, when it comes to pulling out a bong or a pipe or doing a dab. Got you. Yeah. Okay, so I see what yeah. you're saying. I, yeah. I see what you're mm -hmm. saying. I got it. Mm -hmm. So when dad is dealing with the plants and the dirt and the nature of it all, it's no different than if I have a fern or a petunia. Correct. The kids view it no different. It's a plant. Daddy's dealing with the plant. Once I roll it up and I start smoking it, now I don't want to promote that part yeah. to my kids. And the, okay, yeah, I got I wanna, you. I want to leave that decision up to them. Up to them. There, nice, yeah. nice, mm -hmm. nice. That's that's a nice way. And I feel like that respects the industry at, as a whole because, you know, you're not allowed to smoke marijuana until you're the age of 21 as it is. Um, and that's like alcohol, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and, you know, that's, you know. That's how it is. That, that's, how, that's how it is. Yeah. I think that's a good that's a good way to go. Um, well, Austin, like I said, I know you're busy and I appreciate uh, you giving me this whole tour of your place. Great place. Cool workers. Thank you. Great fucking weed. What are some strains? Is there anything else you want to plug out there for the people that's watching is a way that they can. Well, get ready to hear from Power Leaf. We're going to be branding pretty soon. Okay. Um, we're going to have some incredible strains. If people are out there looking um, to make um, some connections with an awesome, um, you know, industrial setting, indoor operation. Mm -hmm. then reach out to us let us know and um hopefully you guys come back and see us when we're a little more built out we're coming back austin you All know right. we're coming back every time you get a new tent i'll be coming back in this month <laughs> every time you put a new tent me and i'll be trying to get luther luther can we do another episode now luther don't smoke everybody my cameraman don't smoke so i'll be in here smoking and shit and he be shaking his head god <laughs> damn it motherfucker but i asked him what you gonna do with snoop dogg what you gonna do luther when when the podcast go and snoop dogg's in this motherfucker and he get to rolling what you gonna leave you gonna get up out of here luther we finna have a good old 
time. No, I'll just play it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching the podcast. And you said Power Leaf, right? Power Leaf. Yes. Power Leaf. Everybody yeah. put that on the bottom of the screen. Power Leaf. Make sure you keep a lookout for that. And we will come back, man. Thank you so much, thank man. Thank you very much. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Yeah. North Star Podcast. We out, baby.